Good morning, Delaware. Welcome to Off the, Off the Shelf. Show. Which- <laughs> We're try- I was trying it. I saw you look at me and I thought it was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with a jingle. You know how good I am with jingles, so we can. No. No more jingles. <clears throat> I am your host this morning, Nicole Fowles, Communications Coordinator for the Delaware County District Library. I'm joined by my loyal co-host, Molly myers Labady. Hello, everybody. Our Deputy Director. And today, I am so happy to welcome to you our guest, Amy Butcher, the Director of Creative Writing, Associate Professor of English at Ohio Wesleyan University. Thank you so much for joining us, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here. Amy is going to be talking with us in the second half of the program um, about uh, her job as the moderator or, am I saying it right, interlocutor? Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Any of those things. I feel like your vocabulary is just not to show up like 10 extra points. You're going to have to have a bachelor's degree if you're going to listen to the show today. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for our Tommy Orange visit, which is coming up uh, like a week from tomorrow. Gosh, how is that happening? So fast. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's going to be so exciting. But before we get into all fun things Tommy Orange, uh, we are going to kick the show off with the things that we normally talk about, which are things that we're reading, writing, uh, reading, writing, 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 doing, doing. What are you doing, visiting. Molly? Uh, I'm going to do a book today oh, cool. because I am extremely excited. This was a little road trip I took. So the Wood County Library had Danny Trejo about a month ago. Oh. And so my husband and I jump, jumped in the car and went to hear Danny talk. You've been so busy. I've been so, I'm Nick actually, Offerman, Danny Trejo. I'm exhausted. I'm done. I know. Schlesinger. Schlesinger. Yes. My, I made up for COVID as much as possible in this past year. I've done yeah. like three times more than I can maybe like handle. Month, right? So yeah, I'm about to crash. Um, <laughs> that is so coming. The crash is coming. But I decided to listen to his book, which is Trejo, My Life of Crime, Redemption, and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I am putting this on a must-read list for everybody. Cool. It is the real story of how Danny Trejo became Danny Trejo. And if you don't know about Danny Trejo, if you've ever watched like an action film or a B film, he is that tough, you know, prison, you know, um, yeah. fighting kind of mean guy. guy he's a bad guy and mm-hmm. everything and he you look at him and you're like this is not somebody i'd want to mess with and then you hear him talk and you're like oh my gosh you're a big teddy bear with a really really hard life and background mm-hmm. so he actually went to prison he was raised in a family where drugs well a community you know this is what we've been talking about things like he was raised in a community where crime was the norm that getting involved with drugs was something that sort of came along the way. He went to prison for some pretty serious crimes that he committed. And while he was there, he got dry. And he still struggled. Life was still hard. He did things like a lawn mowing business where they mowed people's lawns, but they had to borrow lawnmowers from the people they were mowing to mow other lawns. He's always believed, though, in doing good things for the purpose of doing good things. So, like, he'd mow a lady's yard that he knew her husband and son had died. And then a guy down the street was like, how much do you charge? And he's like, we don't charge or anything. And this guy goes, well, I will give you all of my lawn equipment if you'll do my yard, keep doing her yard. And, you know, and he starts this lawn business. Mm -hmm. Well, it talks about sort of his move forward and trying to be, um, he helped people people with her recovery from drugs and alcohol, how he stumbled into being an actor, because it was an accident, Mm -hmm. how he made no money doing that, his 
wives, his mistresses, his children, their lives, their struggles. It is such an open book, and it's a view of a life of goodness in the midst of really hard things. I mean, Danny Trejo to me is one of the purest people I think I have ever read about. I highly suggest this book for anybody. He has no agenda other than to just sort of share his story and say, just do good for the purpose of doing good and good things sometimes come back at you. I like that redemption is in that second half of the title. It's so beautiful. It's a longer book. Now he reads the audio and this is a warning. He's not a reader for everyone. Sure. I actually sped it up to 1.50, which is really fast for me. I Mm -hmm. sometimes can listen at a 1.25. He reads slowly and a little broken up. Now, if you know Trejo from the movies, you're going to enjoy this because this is his voice. This is his story. You know, if you're not used to Trejo and you just want to learn about him through this, you might want to pick up the book or be ready. You're going to really need to speed this up a little bit more. He's not a trained audiobook reader. Mm -hmm. But I highly suggest Trejo, My Life of Crime, Redemption, and Hollywood by Danny Trejo with Donald Loge, who does have a really nice interview at the very end. I love that. It's lovely. It's his experience with Danny and just kind of reiterates he's humble. This man is really even more than you're going to get from this. That sounds so fascinating. I was really passionate about this one this week, so everybody go out and get Trejo. <laughs> go get Trejo. <laughs> Excuse me. Amy, What? Um, I'm sure you're very well read being a director of creative writing and a <laughs> professor of English between your own writings. What, what are you reading? Sure. Um, I am revisiting a collection that came out about a year and a half ago by the writer Joanne Beard, mm-hmm. um, who oh, is yeah. actually the reason that I write Ooh. creative nonfiction, the reason I teach creative nonfiction. Um, she has a new collection out called Festival Days. I read it. Oh, my Did you? goodness. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. have such a crush, a literary crush <laughs> on Joanne Beard. Many people um, know the name because of her famous essay, The Fourth State of Matter, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. written about um, a shooting at the University of Iowa uh, several decades ago. Um, but she's back now with this new collection. It is absolutely amazing. Um, I love uh, Festival Days in particular and, and Joanne Beard as a writer because her work really kind of obscures the boundary between genres. Um, so in her author's notes, she jokes that some of the she calls the pieces in the collection uh, pieces rather than essays. And she says some of the pieces are stories, uh, but they're also essays in their own way. Some of the essays, too, are stories, but that's a story for another day uh, or something of that nature. And so these are uh, primarily pieces that are, uh, in many aspects of the word, creative nonfiction. They follow real subjects. Um, But her relationship, Joanne Beard as a writer, to these subjects is kind of unknown. It's sort Mm -hmm. of third person. Again, my my impulse is to call them essays uh, as an essayist myself. But these pieces kind of follow these these subjects and their real human stories, um, but in a way that is so visceral and imagined it is as if Joanne Beard was right there with these individuals mm-hmm. um, and I've of course gone down the Google wormhole of Googling you know what is <laughs> Joanne Beard as the writer her relation to um, one essay in particular is called Sherry and it actually follows a woman uh, who had terminal cancer and sort of the last days of her life and it turns out mm-hmm. Joanne Beard never even met this woman but wow. did interviews with her family and wrote this absolutely gorgeous you know 50 page piece yeah. um, and so anyway I, I feel like every time I pick up Joanne Beard I'm learning new things not only about <laughs> writing but also about the world about healing about empathy um and so i am you know it only came out a year and a half ago but i'm already revisiting it because there's so much i feel that i learned from that i I was lucky enough to listen to this one it was submitted um as the best female audiobook 
reader for the Audie's Awards last year. And um, I, I normally wouldn't pick up a collection of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically don't appeal to me. Um, but I found myself listening to these these shorts and sobbing by the end of some of them, laughing by the end of others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I have never felt more connected to a character in, like you said, a 50-page oh my essay yeah. in my life. Yeah. I feel like we don't value that short read, that short essay. That, it's because an accomplishment to it, tell it's a whole a, story. And, mm-hmm. and in that moment, too, to be in it, sometimes that longer book that I have to split up, I'm not there for that whole story. Mm-hmm. Whereas these short stories... They pull you right in. They do. They And I actually, I mean, part of the reason that I'm revisiting it is each time I find new things to teach my students at Ohio Wesleyan University. Mm-hmm. So the exercise that I had my students doing was to pay attention to, in this essay, Sherry, for example, we're talking about, I mean, this essay, 40, 50 pages, spans over a year. Mm-hmm. And so Joanne Beard has to write about all of this downtime, right? The way that fall gives way mm-hmm. to winter, gives way to spring, gives way to summer. Um, and so we were looking in particular at how do you write in a beautiful way about time in which nothing really happens, right? There's no huge climactic point. It's just her going and walking with her dogs in the woods, you know, bumping into Boy Scouts, going to the grocery store. But she's able to write about those moments in a way that feels significant because it's highlighting the everyday beauty and nuance of our world. Um, And and so that just blows me away as well. Um, She's just a terrifically talented writer. Um, And yeah, it's it's just a joy every time I get to pick up her book. Good. It's so nice to revisit that one. My... um, I don't have a book. I don't have something I've been listening to or watching this week. I actually have um, a project that I worked on in our maker studio. Oh, no, I want to hear about it. We don't talk about our maker studio a lot on this show, and the primary reason is because it's wildly popular. (laughs) Um, It's so popular that, like, the studio is like, please don't promote us. (laughs) She's not kidding. Um, we don't we don't talk about their classes at the end of the program whenever we tell you some of the upcoming things at the library because their registrations are full. They're always full. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I, I I do think that it's still worth noting that it is just a gem of a resource within yeah. the Delaware County District Library. So the Maker Studio is currently located at the main library in downtown Delaware. It has all sorts of things, um, a printer that can do you know, stickers and banners and all sorts of different textures of paper. It has um, a vinyl, um, or it has a vinyl cutter. It has a laser engraver that can do anything from wood to plastic to your metal tumblers. Um, But it also has an embroidery machine. Yes. So I have a cousin who is going to be having a baby soon. And her baby shower is this weekend. And her one request, um, we had a little girls weekend getaway that she was there. Her one request is that she really wanted a blanket that had her to-be child's name on it. And so she told me the name that they had planned, and she told me the color scheme and the nursery scheme and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, I want it for when he's here so that as soon as I have him, we can put the blanket on him, we can take the picture, and that can be our little announcement with his name and everything like that. So it's one of those things that at the Maker Studio, it's, it's the personalized touches mm-hmm. that I think make that particular this particular resource so valuable to um, our community is that yeah. yes I, I could have just gone to XYZ big box store and bought her a fluffy blanket that would have mm-hmm. been adorable and cute but then I was able to take it over to the maker studio um, go to the embroidery machine program in the name and then um, you know do all the steps Kellen and Tom are there to help you if they're not there mm-hmm. Tracy and Patrick are there to help you um, so they're there to help you kind of get you set up. But once you're set up, it's really just, you know, you 
push the, he would, I was like, I'm so used to d- traditional sewing machines. Um, you know, he said, okay, now lower the foot. And I'm like, where's the foot? I'm looking for the, the, the manual thing yes. to lower the foot. He's like, it's that button. I was like, a button. what? <laughs> you know, I gave away a sewing machine because I couldn't figure out how to make it do, do reverse. And I was like, if I can't do it's this, it's, I, I'm, I'm done. I give a, I'm a knitter. I'm a knitter all. And that's where I'm going to stop. But it's so cute. Uh, so I was able to program the name, do all the things, push the button, watch it go. Um, for the two, for the, I don't know, nine letters that I had embroidered on it, um, it was 3,000 stitches. And Ooh. so we do charge um, for the product that you consume, the products that you use within the Maker Studio. Um, and that kind of like leave the door. If it leaves the door with you, then we will charge you for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the thread is the, the charge for this one. And so I was like, oh, 3,000 stitches. How much does that translate to? And he was like, you owe us a whopping 30 cents. Wow. 30 cents for me to. I hope you could you could do that, Nicole. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> Ugh, things are tight. But did yeah. you pay it in pennies? I, I did not. I mean, I'm not that cruel. <laughs> Please don't do that to them. So I just thought it was worthwhile talking about because we don't get to talk about the Maker mm-hmm. Studio a lot. I had no idea that existed. Mm-hmm. So you just taught me so something. Cool. You walk into the main library, you kind of go past where the elevators are, past the um, help us desks, and to the left where the computers are, and you'll find it nestled right there. Wow. So with that, we will take a break, and we'll see you on the other half of the show with uh, Amy Butcher, and we'll be talking about... Um, some of her writings and her involvement with Tommy so Horn's excited. Visit. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You are listening to Off the Shelf. We'll still figure out that uh, <laughs> Off the Shelf. I don't know. Oh, wow. If we leave you free with that. Let's stick to Off the Shelf is the only tagline you know. Oh, I don't think that that's true, though, We're going to stop there. <laughs> All right. We won't share with our listeners why I like to do jingles. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. <clears throat> we are here to talk about um, the upcoming visit that we have on Saturday, November 12th from um, the author Tommy Orange. He wrote a wonderful novel called They're There. And um, as part of his visit, um, we are having the conversation moderated by two Fabulous women from mm-hmm. Ohio Wesleyan University, um, one of whom is joining us in studio today, Amy Butcher. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I don't think that I can give your biography like the proper amount of clout that it deserves. <laughs> I know. Um, it's very kind. <laughs> but, I mean, you you are incredibly accomplished, and Ohio Wesleyan is lucky to have you, and their students are lucky to have you. Um, and we're lucky to have you on our stage. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I want to talk about your book really quickly. Sure. Oh, um, yeah. I want to talk about your book, too. I want to hear more and more and more. <laughs> yeah. So tell us tell us about your book. You were saying that this week you celebrated a special anniversary. I did. I did. Um, so the book is, I have to say this very carefully on live radio, Mother Trucker mm-hmm. uh, is the title of the book. And yes, uh, this week we celebrated the one-year birthday of mm-hmm. Mother Trucker. Its mm-hmm. pub date was this time last year. Um, yeah. And it is, um, it's sort of a hybrid work sort of part memoir um, and part profile of uh, a woman, Joy Ruth Wiebe, who was uh, Alaska, Northern Alaska's um, premier kind of ice road trucker. She was the only woman to drive the James W. Dalton Highway, which is a 414-mile mm-hmm. stretch of highway from Fairbanks north to the oil fields of Prudhoe Bay. 
Um, and so the book is sort of, uh, it, it's it's a little bit of everything. It's travelogue. Um, it's a profile of her and her life and that industry that she worked. Um, and it also, you know, slowly as the book kind of transpires, um, it invites in sort of my story as to why I wanted to write about Joy, what it was that mm-hmm. sent me up to Northern Alaska to profile her. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, it's a book about, I think, fears. The uh, One of the, the critics uh, kind of talked about the little fears women give into every day, yeah. um, as well as larger fears. And so that that really is, is sort of what Mother Trucker is all about. And um, it's been a wonderful year just promoting it, um, mm-hmm. doing events. Actually, just a few months ago, I did an event down at $2 Radio headquarters in Columbus, um, as well as Gramercy Books in Bexley. Um, it's just been mm-hmm. lovely. It's been a wonderful time. The way that you're describing it reminds me a little bit about how The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks was written, yeah. where it's the story of Henrietta, but it's also the story of the journalist who's gathering the story mm-hmm. and how she inserts herself. Would you like it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I also think about Susan Orlean and the Orchid Thief, which was a book right. that I studied in my very first creative nonfiction class in college when I was a student. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it tries to fold in a lot of things. It's it's funny, when I started, I was joking that it was my you know tough woman trucker book, um, and it really was just going to be that, and I saw no place for myself. <laughs> right. Uh, as someone who is not a tough trucker uh, in the book. But uh, as I wrote it, you know, oftentimes writers talk about the the project kind of tells you what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so increasingly, um, as the events transpired uh, and, and also as I began digging into it, I realized that, um, you know, we are two women, Joy and I, who are dramatically different and yet had some some really pivotal and similar experiences. And mm-hmm. so the book yeah. kind of draws on that. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, I have spoken with our um, friends at Beanbag Books who are going to be on site the night of Tommy's visit, um, which again is Saturday, November 12th at Woo-hoo! 7 p.m. Cannot wait. And they are going to have some <laughs> of your, your copies of your book available for sale that night as That's well. That's super That's kind. Fantastic. That's fantastic. That's super yeah. kind. Buy Tommy's book and then, you know, browse mine as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about what gets you, you know, why you're interested in Tommy's work and what got you excited. Because the reason, let me tell you a quick story. Oh my gosh, the reason how I knew to get connected with you is I didn't know that Tommy's visit needed a moderator um, until a handful of weeks ago, which is too soon <laughs> to the actual event. And the and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Um, and I had in the back of my mind my good friend, Cole, who works at the Ohio Wesleyan University. And um, he said, he was telling me like, yeah, you have a lot of great authors coming, but my English department is particularly excited about Tommy Orange. I was going to say, meanwhile, like 10 miles north, uh, in my classroom, I was signing, uh, kind of passing out a sign-in sheet for students that that was literally, you know, I can't believe Tommy Orange is coming. I've been teaching his work. I had actually taught uh, one of the stories from there there called The State uh, all of like four weeks before yeah. you contacted me. And we spent, uh, you know, a long, a long class period talking about that story and the beauty that is Tommy Orange's work. And so when I found out that Tommy Orange was coming, um, um, and that it's a it's a free event. Of course, you have to register, but it's a mm-hmm. free event for the Delaware County community and, and anyone um, who can make it. I was so excited that I passed out a sign in sheet. I told you know I bought students who were uh, coming. I bought them a copy of the book. Aww. I was on reserve to rent a giant Owu van, which has of course our battling bishop on it. Um, and I even I sent out an email to the whole school in our listserv saying this is something that you should go to if you're at all interested Aww. in any number of things. You know, writing, uh, uh, native studies. Uh, I mean, just just everything he's 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 just a brilliant writer and that we have this opportunity right in our back door is surreal um so i was going to be there with my whole field trip of ohio wesleyan students anyway um so to get to be on the stage now is is absolutely amazing yeah were you already involved with teaching uh 
modern native literature or where did that come into Absolutely. play? Absolutely. So I'm bringing up on the stage with me um, uh, one of our professors, uh, now retired, Karen Premsky, who was a Native American lit scholar mm-hmm. um, in our department. And um, she and I, you know, linked up when I started at Ohio Wesleyan eight years ago and became very, very close. Um, I have a, a particular affinity for Native American lit. I teach each summer um, up at the Sitka Fine Arts Camp in Sitka, Alaska, which is Clinkett land. And um, I have a number of faculty uh, teachers and, and students who are Clinkett. And so it's it's an aspect of literature I'm trying to learn more about. I think it's so very important. And of course, the literature varies depending on, again, the tribe and the geographical region. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that I've been very interested in. And of course, at Ohio Wesleyan, and, and frankly, as a college professor more generally, it's really important to me that my lit classes, you know, that I'm not just teaching the white male writer, mm-hmm. which was yeah. what I was taught in, in college not too long ago. Um, and, and for that matter, even in grad school. So it's very important to me that the writers that we study are, that the students feel represented mm-hmm. um, by the authors, but also that we use the, the readings as a way to step in another identity um, to kind of explore and empathize with other groups of people. Um, mm-hmm. And so Tommy Orange is one of the native writers that I assign every fall. And mm-hmm. so it, um, I, again, I think his book does so much for visibility yes. um, in inviting an outside you know, reader and audience um, into this, this culture that so many know very little about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, I think as a, as a writer ultimately and, and not as a literature scholar, I always look mm-hmm. to the beauty of his sentences and the way in which this, I mean, it, it really is a story collection, a novel, you know, following these 12 multi-generational characters um, in, in uh, Oakland, California. Um, and he talks about sort of the urban Indian and how, you know, mm-hmm. when a lot of people think about Native identity, they think of people living on reservations. But of course, mm-hmm. there are these thousands and thousands of people who live in the city. And, and his book, again, makes that visible in a way that I think is so important and beautiful and, and powerful, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And you felt all those different individuals as individuals. It was a book that really made you see this isn't one person. This is so many different people. I read this the July of 2019. I think the book came out in 2018. And I remember this just being such a pivotal read mm-hmm. on, oh my gosh, this this author is going somewhere. Absolutely. Like immediately you felt like this is this is a new classic. I actually told my mom when he was, we knew he was coming. I was like, I'm getting you a ticket. I need you to read the book. It's kind of raw. So be ready for it. But mm-hmm. I think this is going to be one of our new classics. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and if you, you know, pick up the book, you'll see the first four or five pages are just blurbs by critics and yeah. the New York, I mean, the New York times, I think that year called it one of the, you know, 10 most influential books of the year. Yeah. Um, and I actually, it's funny because we had invited Therese Marie Myatt, another native writer to come promote her book, Heartberries at Ohio Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. And while she was there a student asked you know if we're interested in native lit who else should we know Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she said well my friend Tommy Orange has a new collection coming out and and so again I mean this is just it feels like a really long time coming and I'm so excited for the opportunity to meet with him um, and certainly and engage with him which feels again uh, indulgent Mm -hmm. and lovely yes yes (laughs) that is you know that's the little things in life we um I will say at this recording, at this uh, at this speaking to you, oh, radio listeners, um, we only have about ten seats left. Um, it is it is free and open to the public. We do ask that you pre-register because we mm-hmm. only have so much room. It's at our yeah. Orange Branch Library. Um, Tummy orange at orange. Yeah. If you don't, you know, if you if you happen to hear this and you know we're we're down to one or two tickets, um, you can still show up that night and just see, you know, if there are open seats. That's mm-hmm. fine. We're not going to turn you away by any means. 
Um, we're happy to have a standing room only crowd. <laughs> that's what we, it's a that's warm what, welcome to Central yes, Ohio. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we have to do. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really great night. It's again, it's at the Orange Branch Library. Um, if you have any questions, you can follow up with us at the library. Call your local branch. Um, mm-hmm. Amy, it's so such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to read your book. Yeah. Thank I'm not you. gonna lie, I'm gonna be reporting back. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, Thank can't you. Wait, I can't wait to get you on stage next week because that's gonna be a whole lot of fun too. <laughs> um, Molly, before we go, is there anything coming up at the library that we should tell our listeners about? Well, you know, we always have tons of wonderful things coming up, but I have to say I'm really excited about the books and brew coming up yeah. on Wednesday. It's gonna be at the Daily Growler and it's the house on the Cerulean Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, by T.J. Klum. This is going to be a really, really fun discussion. Um, don't miss that one at all. I like that one a lot, too. I know. I'm pretty excited. It's a good, and they, they specifically time it. That one's at 5.30 p.m. because you got to hit happy hour. Well, yes, you do. Right, yeah, you I mean, it. and if you haven't had anything out of the Olentangy River Brewing Company, mm-hmm. yum. It is there. Yum. Very good. Very good. Um, I want to talk about on Thursday evening, November 10th at uh, 5 o'clock p.m. Again, this one is an early start. The Comic Book Club is doing a special edition um, this fall. They are playing the movie Black Panther. And mm-hmm. they are doing that to prepare for um, an event that's coming up the following week. Which my is husband their, can't sleep. He's so excited. Their discussion of Shuri. And <laughs> yes. then, of course, the, the new Black Panther movie is coming out. So it's all, all building up it's to all that. all I'm hearing about every day right now. <laughs> Lloyd, if you're out there, I know. I know it's coming out. We know. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, if you're listening on Friday today, of course, um, and you are available tomorrow at 1, there is still space left at the Kids Cookbook Club at the Ostrander Branch yes. Library. That's always a lot of fun, too. Lori does a great job. She's very, has comes up with lots of different types of food. I love that fact. Well, and not only is it, uh, she gives lots of varieties for, like, let's say you're making... Uh, you know, a, a taco. Well, it mm-hmm. could be it could be a sweet taco or a savory taco. Yes. Or what truly makes a taco? Is it just something stuffed with something? Literacy of our <laughs> taste buds. Exactly. Oh, listen to you. Listen, I told you. You said we were knocking this up. Uh, <laughs> the literacy. The, the vocabulary. Of our taste. I'm very impressed. Today. A plus. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, that's what we're going to leave you with today. Again, if you have an opportunity, check our website, DelawareLibrary.org. Get those final tickets for the Tommy Orange visit and see us on Saturday, November 12th. Um, as always, thank you to our friends for being the sponsor of our show, the Delaware County Friends of the Library. We are love the best you. In the world. Thank you, Amy, for being our guest. Thank you. Molly, for being my co-host. Always having a good time. Gage, for running the board. Of course. And until next week, we will see you in the stacks.